Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm Shelby Shear with my co-host. Jason Shear. That's me. That's you. And we are here for our post-Christmas podcast. There's a lot going on and we're just going to jump into it quickly. We did post earlier um, in the week about questions. We got a lot of questions. We're going to the streets for this one. We're going to the streets today. So we have some good questions to answer and we're going to start right now from Demartino11. Why are we not offering everybody with a heartbeat? Yeah, I don't know why we need to limit it to people with a heartbeat. I you mean, know, there's, there's some good deceased basketball players. You could have White Walkers. Yeah, anyway. Um, look, it's a great first question, especially with everything. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to jump right in. You know, when, when Lou Olson years ago... Lou Dolson was once the Arizona basketball head coach. If you didn't know that, you could probably turn this off. But when Lou Dolson was the coach, he had the same exact strategy as Tommy Lloyd. Um, there are other coaches in the country that have the same strategy as Tommy Lloyd, which is I'm not offering a kid until I see him. When Arizona basketball started to decline a little bit under Lou Dolson, it's when he basically said to his assistant coaches, yeah, I trust you, go offer. Go offer who you want. Um, at the end of the Sean Miller era, it was every man for himself. There were dudes not even on staff <laughs> offering people basically like admin role people offering kids and it became a mess and it felt like Arizona was offering a ton of kids. Um, you know, Sean Miller at first was more selective when he started to be a little less selective. And part of that is the FBI scandal. That's when Arizona started hurting a little bit with overall fit and all that from your perspective it is frustrating from my perspective it is frustrating my job is to report recruiting news on both sides amongst other stuff there's not a lot of basketball recruiting news and i love that you guys ask for it but this is the new norm right like i can tell you who arizona is recruiting and who i think may get an offer down the road but I understand from your guys' perspective, an offer is not an offer until it's an offer. <laughs> Sign on the line. And so it's it's difficult. I completely get it. And I know that there's in between, and it's like D. Martina said, why are we not offering any, everybody with a heartbeat? I know there's an in between doing that and just offering more kids than Arizona has offered. I do believe, and I'm confident saying this, that once the AARP stuff is passed and Arizona knows the amount of reductions and all that, there's going to be more offers. But what Arizona doesn't want to happen now, especially with like the 2023 class, is there's a scholarship reduction. They take players and settle for players that may not improve the team as much, and then they're stuck with them. And then they're kind of in between a rock and a hard place. So it is very, very picky right now with recruiting. I think it'll still be picky, but I think you'll see things open up once the AARP stuff 
is um, is passed. And again, if you're Tommy Lloyd, and let's say you have scholarship reductions, you need to make sure that every scholarship counts, and you don't want to be stuck with dudes that aren't going to play or aren't going to succeed when they do play or are going to wind up transferring away, leaving you with an empty spot that you can't fill. And so I think what we're seeing now in the 2022 and 2023 class is that every offer counts. That every guy that Arizona has offered, they're trying to get on campus. They're trying to land. And at the end of the day, they believe that these are guys that are going to come in and immediately contribute. And so it is, I completely get the frustration. I get the questions, but I'm not in the business of making up news. Um, and it, it's just, that's the way recruiting is going to be. And honestly, it's, it's probably going to be there in that way for, for another year, but it's not because of lack of effort. Like Jack Murphy's on the road at an event as we record this, seeing multiple prospects, Arizona's recruiting. It's just going to be a little slower in the offer and evaluation process because in my opinion, a big part of it is those possible scholarship reductions that we pretty much all know is coming, but we don't know how many there will be. So I hope that kind of gives everyone a better understanding of why Arizona recruiting is the way it is right now. So in other words, you're saying patience, grasshopper. Yeah, and if you're at home waiting for an offer, you're probably not going to get one. Although I don't know who listens to this. So if you're like a five-star recruit, you might get one. Hit me up if you'd like one. Um, yeah, let Jason know when you actually get one. Yeah, yeah, we'll make it big. That'll be it's good. a big deal when Tommy. Think about it this way also is like when Tommy Lloyd offers someone, it's a big freaking deal because he's not offering a lot of dudes. So that's why I said before, like if he's offering guys, um, you know he wants that player. It's not a BS offer, and so that, there is something to say that when you look at other schools and they got forty offers and three scholarships, you know it's BS. A lot of times football, like if you don't, it, it, it's. You can't have it both ways. Like Arizona basketball is being picky. Um, you know, you look at other football programs that offer 400 kids and are only taking 20 of them. You know, that's that's a pain in the butt too. So that's just kind of the way it is. Quality over quantity. I like it. All right. Next question is from Flanagan33. How likely is it that Coloco and Tubelis leave after the season? I think the only guy on the roster right now that is locked to leave is Ben. And I, it's pretty obvious why he might be the best, you know, player at his position in the entire country. He's a top 10 pick. He might be a top five pick, but when it's all said and done, he's going to the NBA draft. Uh, great decision by him to come back and really, really improve his stock. Um, I think that, you know, what people need to understand is the European player is a different breed. These kids aren't dying to go to the NBA right away. These are kids that could have stayed in Europe and gotten paid and chose to go to college instead. And remember, the international kids can't get the NIL deals. So you have a guy like Tubelis, who I'm sure would love to play in the NBA. It is not a lock at all that he's going to the NBA. Like, there's a legit chance he's a four-year guy. Um, would I be surprised if he's a four-year guy? Probably. I think he's a three-year guy. I think right now, if I had a guess, if the NBA draft you know, declaration date was tomorrow, would he declare? No. He might declare and get the feelers and all that, but you also got to keep in mind is like, what is his NBA upside? He might just be a really good college player and a solid NBA player, but you know, what is his NBA upside? And he loves college. Uh, Christian Coloco to me, isn't ready for the NBA. You know, we saw his strengths and his strengths are much better than they were last season, clearly, but he still has a lot of work to do. You know, we saw that against like a Tennessee and we've seen the last few weeks where he struggled a little bit offensively you have to have an offensive game 
um, you know, to, to be able to succeed in the NBA or at least a good enough offensive game or be really, really good at something otherwise. So how likely is it right now? If I was a betting man, I would say neither leaves after this season. Now we've seen that change, you know, in a day's time. Like let's say they go out against UCLA and both of them dominate it. All of a sudden they're on draft boards or, you know, we get into March and all of a sudden Arizona goes on a run and they're awesome. Well, now they might have to leave. You know what I mean? But based on how they've played and what I've heard, no, I, I think the only guarantee is Ben. Like, it, it, it is a very real possibility that Coloco, Tubelis, Dalen Terry, those guys are back, and Arizona has a very good team next year. I would be surprised if all those guys left. I think that would be the most surprising outcome um, out of them all, whether it's a couple guys come back, a couple guys leave. I think the most surprising uh, outcome would be that all of them are gone. Interesting. All right. From NM Wildcat, do you think Coach Lloyd will be able to recruit well enough that will typically have a team as good as this year's team? No, I think this is as good as it's going to get. Yep, and this is the peak. You should all enjoy it because Arizona <laughs> basketball is over. Once this, no, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a jerk. We're but, being sarcastic. Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, it's. I, I think, again, it kind of goes back to what I said to open it with the ARP stuff. But, look, Arizona's out here leading the nation in scoring players have more offensive freedom than most teams in the country, if not all. Um, it is a, a sexy thing to recruit to. I and so, uh, yeah, I, I think that he'll absolutely be able to recruit well enough. I don't have a deep analytical answer. The, the answer is just yes. I, I do think that he'll be able to recruit. I think once you get the results out there and have success and get those things, the other crap behind you, um, Arizona is going to be just fine in that area. That might have been Jason's shortest answer ever to question because all he really had to say was yes Except, like sometimes it'd be like did you do the laundry and i'll just say no that was also very short yeah no which i appreciate or, or i'll just ignore you can't hear you <laughs> new phone who does from coop cats any rumblings on future non-conference games against top end teams i can't give you all the names i'll this might be the last podcast but i do know based on sources from the other side, that there have been some preliminary... I don't even know if I should say this, but whatever. <laughs> Top secret! It's not coming from the Arizona side. It's coming from another side. So I won't get in trouble that way. I know that there's been some very preliminary discussions with Duke. High profile. So uh, I hope, you know, that that's why I, I asked that question on the message board. Is Duke going to sign? I don't know. I know that there's been a discussion. It could have been like, hey, do you want to play? And Duke said, F you. I mean, I don't know, but I know that there's been some preliminary discussions and I know and I'm very confident in saying that Arizona is working hard and there will be major, major home and home um, games. I, I don't think, here's the deal, like it is very difficult to get a team to come to McHale. And so a lot of times what you'll see is like years ago, Duke, you know, was like, okay, let's play you at MSG. Let's play you at Duke, and then the third one will give you in Phoenix. And it's like, no, like you got to play in McHale. And that's why Arizona never played a game like Duke. I've told the story of Texas, and Texas dropped out, Shaka dropped out, and all that. It's like, okay, let's play at Texas, let's play at Dallas, and then we'll throw one out in LA. It's like, no, you got to come to McHale. Um, Arizona's being very aggressive in that regard. I do think there will be big out of conference games. I, you know, we saw it with Tennessee as a home and home. That's a bigger game than maybe originally anticipated. But um, that's the only actual name I can give you, but I do believe confidently saying that you will see Arizona play the big boys. I personally am trying for Kansas. That's my goal. 
Um, maybe suit up Caleb Tarzuski and uh, Josiah Turner. Mitch Lightfoot in his 48th year of eligibility. That's the one I'm going for, but but no promises. That's Shelby, do you know who Mitch Lightfoot is? I don't know. He's a 43-year-old Kansas player. Wow. Do you know That's who Perry Ellis is? No. Oh, I thought you were going to say like the uh, the fashion designer, but he's he was the old, other oldest Kansas player of all time. Well, I'll teach you about Mitch Lightfoot later. Okay. He's a 48th year senior. Perfect. Basically. Yeah. Well, also to comment on that, it doesn't matter if we play in Phoenix. We're going to pack the house, but they like need to come and play we. in Macal. I like when you say we. Yeah, we. Wildcat we. Nation. Starting Boom. point guard, Shelby Shearer. That's right. <laughs> anyway, moving on. From Singled 40 what's an ideal 2023 recruiting class look like, in your opinion, Jason? I'm glad you asked, M. Singled. Um, 2023. Uh, I'll start with Kylan Boswell. I've already kind of said how much I like him. I, You know, he's... Um, is he an NBA guy? Probably, but he's not like a one-and-done type of guy. I think he's a solid multi-year college player with the right attitude, plays the right way. Um, Dusty Stromer is another one. I expect him to be visiting in the next few months. Um, you know, top 40 player in the nation, can shoot it, super athletic, has good size, you know, 6'6 shooting guard, can play the three a little bit. Um, and then Tyrese Proctor is another guy. Really, really good. If he was in the States, he'd have an offer from everyone. Played in Vegas last week and got more offers. Uh, I think Arizona leads for him. I, I honestly, I think Arizona leads for him. I don't want to get in trouble again. Who cares? Yeah. I think Arizona leads for him. I think Arizona probably leads for Boswell with Illinois, the other school. In Arizona, I, I don't want to say it leads for Dusty Stromer. It's probably Arizona, Gonzaga, and UCLA for Stromer. Obviously, in that class, you need a big. Um, there aren't any bigs right now. I, I would say that Arizona's maybe close to offering Jazz Gardner. Tommy Lloyd probably needs to see him. Um, he's probably the, the most realistic guy, but I think for bigs, you may have to go the international route or the transfer route because, honestly, there aren't a lot of options in 2023 with, with bigs. But... Ideally, Stromer, Boswell, Proctor playing together in this offense, um, and that is just absolutely nasty. It's a great lineup. He's a better Australian than, than Daniel Dillon. Oh, wow. Do you remember Daniel Dillon? I do. Well, that's impressive, actually. I Thank didn't think you, you would. <laughs> ha, I remember things. All right, from Aceman95, do you think Kim Aiken is going to come back? All right. You guys ready for this answer? Is I don't, it, I don't know. I literally oh, okay. don't know. And if I knew, I probably couldn't tell you. Um, it is one of those situations where sometimes I can't say everything. But I'm being completely honest when I say I don't know if Kim Aiken's going to come back. I know that Arizona wants him back, but I don't know if he's going to come back. I don't know what the situation is. Respectfully, I love all you guys, I think. I don't know, probably. Um, but the more you ask, uh, the more you're just going to be told I don't know. I just don't know the answer. And if I knew the answer... Because of student privacy, I, I probably couldn't tell you anyway. And I don't know is an answer, so they're just going to have to accept it. Shelby knows, though. I do, but don't start asking me questions. Yeah, now. Shelby knows all about Kim Aiken. Yep, I do. All of it. <laughs> A person named Kim Aiken. Yeah, he's Aiken to come back. Wow, Give that was that. good. <laughs> anyway, from, is it Andre... Andre Veras, 28. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. How are Adama and Shane looking in practice? Uh, good. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons also why, you know, Arizona feels confident in their roster for next season. I mentioned earlier, you know, those two guys are very likely coming back. Um, Adama Ball knew that he wasn't going to play a lot. Uh, he likes to shoot when he does play. We've seen that. 
Um, but both, you know, the, do I think they'll be all conference type of players? No. Solid four-year guys that are contributors? Yeah. As long as they stay with the process, trust the process. As long as they trust the process and stay with it, I, I think they'll be fine. Um, I like Adema a little bit more in the, the long-term potential type of deal, but Shane Noel has played well when, when he's got the minutes as well, but um, they look fine in practice. But again, it's like, it's kind of where are they going to be in the rotation this year? And, and I think that those are two guys where it's not an indication of where they are, the fact that they're not getting a lot of minutes because where are those minutes going to come from? Um, they, they would have to take minutes away from other guys and they're just not good enough to do that yet, which is fine. You want players like that on your roster because when you don't and you have a bunch of dudes that want to play right away, um, it's a nightmare for chemistry as, a, as Arizona fans should, should know by now. That's true. It's a hard lesson. Okay, one more question. Oh, I'm excited. From Ms. Shelby K. That's me. What are your thoughts about UCLA, UCLA basketball? Because you seem to have a lot to say on Twitter today. People could say that I was stoking the flames a little. Here, here's my little thing. My only thing was, and I honestly think Wildcat Authority should take responsibility. I think you did a good job. Ben Bullsh uh, got the article from Mick Cron about how many players. UCLA handled today, Tuesday, December 28th, about as poorly as you can from a PR and administrative direction. The Holiday Bowl being canceled four and a half hours before the bowl game is insane. The amount of money lost but with the bowl, hotels. Like imagine being an NC State player, going out there basically suiting up almost, and then being told the game's canceled. Or the parent, like these kids didn't go home for Christmas because they wanted to play the game. Meanwhile, you got UCLA at SeaWorld. And I love a good Seymour and Clyde, Shamu type of deal. But I love the stingrays. Yeah, I mean, football, you know, that's what you're getting paid to do now. Um, and... Basketball, all they had to do if UCLA returned to practice today was say, release one statement. UCLA returned to workouts today. There are only six scholarships available. The games remain canceled. Like, it's not hard. It's not a hard thing to do. It, it befuddles me that these administrations throughout, the, not just UCLA, like the athletic departments, I, I've said Arizona's that Arizona's messed up things too. Like, it's not hard. Hire a good PR person. And if your PR person sucks, fire them already. It's like come out with a 40-word statement and you have no questions. Mick Cronin and Darren Savino are on the road recruiting at the same event that Murph is, right? A USC assistant is at the same event. So if you're Murph and your games got canceled, let's say you're Tommy Lord or any Arizona coach and your games are canceled at the LA schools and you look across the, score, the, the court and there's three assistant coaches from the teams that you're playing, what are you going to think? Wow, that guy's a D. Yeah, like come on, man. Like, like you know, it, it just – it you're going to be a little annoyed, right? Apparently, you're healthy enough to go out and recruit and expose others to possible COVID, but your team isn't. And it's just, it's, it's, it was handled poorly. And I'm not saying UCLA should play with six people. I'm saying that they should have made that clear from the beginning and done a better PR job. I could go on a whole rant about all that. Well, perception is key, especially the way things look, and it's just bad optics. I want basketball, damn it. And we do want basketball. But if you can't play basketball, at least let everyone know how sick you are. That would probably be the key. Kansas has an opening on Saturday, and I've been texting everybody I can. I haven't gotten any responses. I might be on ignore, but I'm trying to get Arizona-Kansas for Saturday. I don't think it'll happen because it's only a two, like a one-day turnaround, but you really only need four guys to beat Washington anyway. That's true. So, boom. They Mitch. should listen to you. I'm trying. Okay. Well, with all of that imparted... 
One more thing. How was your Christmas, babe? It was wonderful. Thank you for asking. How was your Christmas, Shelby? My Christmas was great. In the same house as you. Yeah, I hope it was great because if not, it'd be a um, a knock on me, basically. Yeah. You know. Happy New Year. If we don't do another podcast, we know we have the football questions. Happy New Year to everyone. Hopefully a much better year ahead. Knock on wood, it'll be a year with March Madness. Yes. I need to go do that. We need to have that big party. It's like a national holiday, Selection Sunday in this house. And you could ask Shelby, I have been despondent the last few years without a selection show on Sunday. I actually didn't even want to be home. I drove around with when the show was on. Usually I have people over. Anyway, that's months away. Grumpy Jason is not the Never. best Jason. I'm very level-headed and calm and rational. But Happy New Year, and we will talk to you soon. And what's the last word, Jason? Bear down, folks. That's three words. That was three words. Bear down. That's one, two words. Bear down? Burden. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.